So tonight is the final message. In the series that we've been in on the Sermon of the Mount, right? The Sermon on the Mount. Jesus' main teaching, his big teaching that really changed the world. Doesn't matter what your faith is. Doesn't matter who you are. The Sermon on the Mount is quoted in the UN Charter. The Sermon on the Mount has reshaped history. Jesus' vision, his ethics, his teaching has reshaped human history. And we come to the end of it tonight after having sat in and under Jesus' teaching for the last few months. And we've called this series in Gloucester as it is in heaven. But even though we're ending this series called In Gloucester as it is in heaven, we are not ending the campaign in Gloucester as it is in heaven. Because it's a campaign, listen, it's a campaign both to God, it's a campaign, it is a purpose for us, it is blowing the horn, it is a call to action, it's our very identity. We are asking God for this, to heal people, to set people free from addiction, to set people free from a life of abuse, neglect, to replace doubts and fears and apathy and a lack of energy to do anything, to walk in the path that God has called us to, to have a heart energized by the love of God, to have faith, to have hope against hope, to have hope when it looks like everything is falling apart. So we wrap up this series tonight with the text that Brother Chris just read. And once again, Jesus is all too clear. See, we wish that Jesus was vaguer. <laughs> we wish that Jesus was too complicated for us to get. But didn't you all understand what Jesus was saying? It ain't that deep. That's not disrespectful. That doesn't mean it's easy. It's not complicated, but it is hard. And it is impossible without God's help. See, we wish that Jesus was like a new age guru. We wish that Jesus popped out things like the astrology section in the newspaper, where you look up when you were born, and you find the month, right, and your sign, and you read it, and it just kind of pops out these vague statements. And you're like, yeah, I identify with that. <laughs> you know, I'm really a difficult person, but I'm loyal. You know, or whatever it is. And, and all of that stuff, right? It doesn't call you to change at all. Jesus doesn't give us vague Yoda-like statements or fortune cookie-like statements 
that sort of apply to everybody and nobody at the same time. At the end of this passage, we see that the people gathered around Jesus looked at each other and they said, Jesus teaches, this man teaches, he doesn't teach like the scribes. He doesn't teach like the people who just interpret the law because there was a group of people whose job it was was to copy down God's word and to explain it to the people. But what had happened was is that they would endlessly argue about obscure things. You ever hear the joke about how many angels it take, how many angels can dance on the top of a dime? <laughs> All right, well. You didn't have to say. Although when I say mess up things like Rolodexes, you need to change. You need to speak up. <laughs> Y'all knew I was meant Rolexes last week. You didn't, nobody said anything. <laughs> but you're going to call me out on that joke? No, I'm <laughs> it's homework. <laughs> Come back next week. <laughs> but listen. What Jesus gives you and I is not a bunch of homework to just sit there and try to solve the equation. He tells you what to do like someone who has authority over your life. There's a difference between somebody giving you advice that's an acquaintance and somebody who's giving you advice who is your mom, (laughs) right? Those, Those are two different things. And when Jesus opens up his mouth, he's speaking to you and me, and he's acting like what he says is important, and you should respond to it. You should listen to what he's saying. I love, I love that we do theology on tap, right? I love that we have this time, we go over to the River Park Pub and we talk about things, but here's the thing. We don't get to engage Jesus like, what are your ideas, Jesus? <laughs> I'll share mine. <laughs> that's, not, that's not how we, we don't have that type of relationship. You know? You might have that type of relationship with me, that's fine. But we don't have that type of relationship with the one who made us. And last week, I, I didn't pause enough to talk about, there were three sections in last week I sort of missed for the sake of time, the warning against false teachers and false prophets, and and I want to just explain that in the Bible, the idea of prophet is not usually someone who just tells the future. That's kind of how we think of it, right? We think of prophecy and a prophet, they tell the future. But actually, go read the prophets. Go see what they did. And almost all of their ministry wasn't telling the future, really. It was speaking for God right now. Say, you need to turn to God. This is what the Lord is saying. And Jesus says, beware. Beware of false teachers. Beware of abstract teachers that demand nothing but your loyalty and your money. 
and don't care about you. And don't care about you growing. And don't care about you loving. Beware of people who will tickle your ear, right? Who will just tell you things that you want to hear, like this is the year, it's all going to turn around for you. This is the year you're going to get your blessing. Here's the thing, that Jesus is the last person that anybody could accuse of tickling ears. (laughs) Jesus was not somebody that just tried to please the people around him. Isn't that freeing? See, because we look at people who like that and we tend to think of the people who don't want to please anybody. We kind of think they're jerks sometimes. But it's possible to actually love people very deeply but really just not care how they're received. Not care to the point where they are paralyzed. Not care to the point where they don't speak up. Not care to the point where they just are a punk and just let you live your life how you're living it. Jesus is not interested in making you feel good. He's interested in making you be good and do good. And tonight, we arrive at these incredible words in this picture. And I want every one of you, if you will do this for me, I want you to close your eyes for a second. Can you close your eyes? I don't know how you imagined it the first time you heard this story. Maybe you were a kid. Maybe you were a little older. Close your eyes and think about Jesus is saying that the wind and the rain is coming. And we know the wind and the rain comes in our lives. I don't think anybody in here is too young or too inexperienced that they haven't experienced some stuff in their life. And when I was a kid, I thought of a house up on the cliff with the rain coming down. Remember the videos of the mudslides that would happen in California and how those mansions would just fall into the ocean. You can open your eyes. I only have one question for you tonight. Is your life built upon the rock? Is your life built upon the rock? So sometimes we have these rules we come up with. We got this family. We got all these things that we are told, like, live your life. These are your people. This is how we do things. And we try to follow our dad and our mom. We try to follow our grandma, whoever raised us. And we try to make it happen and make it work. And then we grow up and we find out that the weight of life is too great. And what we thought was a solid rock is actually like an inch of cement. And as life gets heavier and heavier, the cement starts to crack and starts to break. And we realize we're actually standing on sand. And our lives start to fall apart. I remember one time I was taking some folks over to see Chicago, the band, over in Camden. And we get to the parking lot, right, at the BB&T, the Tweeters, whatever they call it nowadays. And we get to the parking lot, and they realize, I don't, we don't know who has the tickets. We don't know who has the tickets. And you would have thought that someone's, 
son or daughter had died. I mean, they were about to throw hands. It, it was the end of the universe. And they were sinking. And they were sinking in their thoughts. And the reason they didn't remember their tickets is because they were sinking. They didn't remember their tickets because their lives were chaotic. And they were depressed. And they had all the things going on. And they wanted to do one good thing. And it didn't work out for them. And nothing works out for them. Can anybody relate? <laughs> Come on. Come on. I know this ain't, this ain't just some people. We are sinking, and we're sinking in the sand, and our lives are not standing on the rock and on the foundation, and our lives are ruled by our circumstances instead of the Lord, instead of the one who made us. Is your life built on the rock? Let me just play the tape for a minute from the last few months. Do you remember to turn the other cheek? When somebody disrespects you, when somebody insults you? See, you know your life is a rock when you are not easily offended. When you don't fall apart, when somebody says a word to you and you don't obsess about it for days. And you, you, you don't have to worry about what other people think of you because you know what God thinks of you. And you're already accepted and you're already loved. And somebody can't take that away from you so easily. Do you remember to speak the truth? Or do you have to twist things around to kind of get what you want and what you need? Maybe you're not outright lying, but you set the story a certain way so that you're always the victim. You're always the victim. It's never your fault. Come on. Come on. Listen. Listen, we know bad things have happened to you. We also know that you have caused some bad things to happen to you. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Remember to conquer your anger or it will conquer you. Remember to love the one you're committed to instead of having your eyes wander to everybody else that you can't have. Is your life built upon the rock of Jesus' teaching? We are called to take chances and love people. We are called to love them when the response is persecution, when we love people and we share the truth and they tell us, F you, go away. We still love. Remember, we cannot store up treasures for ourselves on earth. Well, you can, but it ain't going to go with you when you die. But here's a better investment. Store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust don't destroy and where the robber can't come and grab it. Amen. What if we were so freed up by Jesus' teaching that when we walked home, opened the doors to our row home, to our trailer, to our apartment, wherever we lived, and we looked and we turned the lights on and things were knocked around and we were robbed and we say, thank God we're alive. And we didn't 
crushed. We weren't sinking in the quicksand every time something happens to us. Where we don't run to drinking. Where we don't run to having fun with friends. We don't run to drugs. We don't run to pills. But our lives are on the rock. And we're grounded in the Lord. I gotta ask you. I gotta ask you. Is heaven breaking into your life? Is it in Gloucester as it is in heaven? Is it in your life as it is in heaven? Is it, is heaven breaking into your life when you can't get a parking spot when you get home? Or is hell breaking out in your life? Is heaven breaking into your life when your neighbors don't clean up the trash in their backyard next to yours? Is heaven breaking into your life when your kids are a pain in the neck? When you throw, when life throws a million missiles at you and doesn't seem to let up, do you blow up into pieces? Are you sinking? Are you drowning? Are you failing? And I want to ask you tonight as we close, who here is tired of sinking? Who here is tired of failing? Your two-inch concrete slab isn't working for you. Listen, I'm not disrespect whatever family you came from, but it ain't enough. Just you operating in your common sense and you trying to be self-sufficient, it isn't enough. You doing whatever self-love and watching whatever talk show, it isn't enough. Looking for an escape with your friends. Looking for freedom. It's not enough. There is only one rock that will never fail you in life, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Last week, we baptized five people. And next week, next month, we're going to baptize more. But it's not just a baptism of water here at Epiphany. As you grow up in the church, right, Great Commission says, baptizing them in my name, right, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. And we want to be baptized into a new life, into a whole new lifestyle where we can trust the Lord and we don't have to trust ourselves where we're set free from the things that enslaved us to be new people. And if that's not you, you can turn it around. If you heard the words I was speaking tonight and you're like, every single description of someone sinking is me, I want to encourage you. There are people in this church that were sinking and they grabbed on to the rope. The sand is still getting in their eyes and their mouth. <laughs> Life's not all like perfect and better. <laughs> but they're getting pulled out. They're growing. They're changing. Their marriages are getting better than they were even though they're still a wreck. Their finances are moving in the right direction, even though it's still a mess. And even when things 
coming down the pike look really bad. They're trusting the Lord. I want to close with this story of my, my wife's uncle. He was a plumber in the Union and um, over in Philadelphia. And uh, he was the kind of guy that, you know, I mean, he's just, he was just the type of guy you don't necessarily, like, root for real hard to get saved, <laughs> you know? Because this is what he would do. He would make his wife cook eggs for the woman that he slept with the night before. Crazy, manipulative, abusive, controlling Scary guy. Scary guy. And he would sit over in maple shade on his porch, right? And a deacon from a church would come and sit with him and he'd knock him back beers. As the deacon would sit there and listen to him. And he would be complaining. Imagine that. He would be there complaining about his wife. <laughs> complaining about his life. And this went on for years. And every week, every week this guy would go and he would just show love and he would listen to him. Even though the guy was full of it. And he prayed with him. And he prayed for him. And then, you can guess, <laughs> came to Christ. And he became a new man. They ended up going and serving for years in Mexico as missionaries. And within the span of like five years, it was like late, early, early 80s, in the span of like two or three years, one after another in the family came to Christ. And just a few years ago, we were over in Western PA, and we had the whole clan together. And there were like 40, 50 people. We were camping together. And you had this huge family reunion, and they all are spread out all over the place. And they're all singing in the woods, praising God. People aren't going nuts, getting drunk, fighting. <laughs> All of that happened in two decades. This entire family. And what am I trying to say? Maybe you're the guy that's going to sit on this porch and listen to somebody complain about their life, even though they're the ones causing all the misery. And maybe God's going to use you. Maybe you're that guy. Maybe you're that guy that's going to be made new. And, it's, and this is the thing. We don't want to just see this person here and that person there coming to Christ. We want to see entire families. We want to see your grandparents and your siblings and your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters. And we believe in that and we've seen that. And God can work like that. May your whole family be built on the rock. May you be that persistent neighbor, not to earn heaven, but like I shared last week, as the kid who just got saved, right? wanting to serve and want to 
of people. We don't do these things because we got to because we're trying to earn heaven. We do these things because we get to. And heaven was given to us as this crazy gift when we didn't deserve it. Amen. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for your goodness to us. God, I thank you, Lord, that we can build our lives on your teaching and not fear. Lord, every single thing you said is life. Lord, help us to believe that. God, we don't want to just be a people who meet together for 75 minutes a week and praise you, but then the rest of the week live like hell. But we pray, Lord, as it is in heaven, so would it be in Gloucester. So would it be in our lives. In Jesus' name.